Good morning. I want to thank the worship team for that wonderful song. Um, at our house, it's the parable of the lost kitten. If you've ever been, had kitties before. We had a cat one time, just a little thing. It uh, just up and disappeared. We don't know what happened to it. This was a cat that was in the house and uh, looked and looked, could not find the cat. And I just assumed, well, the, the dog must have eaten it because there was nothing left. The dog got it, and that was that. So about three days later, my son Cody goes, Dad, either I'm losing my mind or... And I'm laying in bed, and, and I hear, meow, meow. I'm like, what is going on? And we finally found that cat. It had crawled into the, an, an open vent, got into the ductwork, had crawled all the way back to the, the furnace and was in, down inside the furnace. And the kitty was down there, meow, meow. <laughs> and, so, and I'm thinking, okay, yeah, the lost sheep, the 99. We almost tore our furnace apart getting that cat out of there. You should have seen everybody celebrating when they pulled that raggedy-looking thing out, and everybody was just, ah, we, we got the cat. And so, oh, I'm sure the Lord, though, when, when, they, when he saves a soul, um, you know, there's cheering in heaven, I'm sure, and, 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 and a lot of fanfare and something worthy of that. So thank you for that song. That's a wonderful tune. Um, this past week, up in Falcon Land, we finally had our graduation. Uh, it seems like everybody else had, their kids had been out of school for two weeks and had already been off in the summer, and we're still wrapping things up. And, and my favorite part of graduation time is listening to the speeches that the kids give. And uh, usually the kids would get up there and, you know, we made it, we worked so hard, and I'm like, you didn't work real hard in my class, but, you know, we worked real hard, and we made it, and, and you know, and I'm like, part of me is like, yeah, that's great, you did work hard, and you made it through high school, but kid, you haven't seen nothing yet when it comes to, to work, and, and when it comes to responsibility, and worrying about things, and you know, kids will get up there and they'll talk about their future plans and, you know, you know, and, and this particular class that we just had, apparently we're going to have a few doctors, a few lawyers, uh, which is fantastic, lots of businessmen and women, and, uh, you know, the kids will talk about their plans and, you know, one of the things that we do at, at Graham is we kind of gear the kids towards, you know, well, sort of like three different pathways. Either you're going to go into an employment, you want to graduate and go get a job. There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe you want to graduate and go further your education. That's great, too. Maybe you want to, uh, after you get out of school, you go and uh, get into the military, enlistment. They call it the three E's. So we kind of you know, encourage them to pick one of those paths. And... But I can tell you for a fact, so many of them, I mean unfortunately, really don't know what they want to do with their life or where they want to go or what they really want to be or what they want to do. And, and uh, I've thought about that often. And, uh, you know, for human beings, it's, it's very difficult. Even as you start your life and you start down a path and you start building a family and, and having a life, 
it's still natural to second-guess yourself. Am I doing the right thing? Does this really matter? What am I doing here? And uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. This is one that uh, I think I've preached on this before. You know, somebody who's not a professionally trained preacher, I'm, I'm starting to get to the point where I I start to wonder, have I already talked about, I think I'm repeating myself now, I can't remember if I've done that one or not, but anyways, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, (laughs) that's okay, (laughs) Pete's dialing in, dialing me in here, anyways, Ecclesiastes is, uh, you know, it comes right after, uh, you know, Proverbs and Many of the Proverbs were written down by a man named Solomon. And many of you know who Solomon is, you know, the wisest man that ever lived. And, but Ecclesiastes, to me, the, 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 the book here, it's sort of like King Solomon's spiritual diary. Okay? He, he, you know, was, as he went through life, he, he thought about things, and he, he tried all kinds of things to find meaning in life, and... Uh, you know, at the beginning of his reign as king, God gave him permission, you know, ask me for anything that you desire. You know, what would be, what do you think you need here? You're going to be the king. What is it, what do you need? Of course, Solomon asked God to give him wisdom so I can judge the people. Okay, I don't have the character of Solomon. I probably would have been like, hmm, Anything? Ooh, I always get the scene of uh, uh, in Aladdin, where Aladdin and the genie are kind of bargaining about, you know, the, the genie's like, you know, three wishes, you know, not miracles, not, uh, you know, you, you know, there are limitations on the, no, but with God it was anything. And, and Solomon asked for wisdom, and God was pleased at that, and God didn't only give him wisdom, but he gave him things he didn't ask for, like fame and wealth and victory over his enemies. But you know, Solomon went through his life, he struggled spiritually. And I'm so glad that, you know, over the, the millennium as the Bible was put together, you know, we include stories of our biblical heroes and the fact that they're human beings and they struggle. And that makes, it gives me hope because I find myself struggling from time to time. Ecclesiastes is sort of Solomon's way to try to work out in his own mind, you know, what what the purpose of life is. And it may be hard for us to understand why Solomon made so many mistakes in his life after receiving this kind of wisdom from God. And if you've, you've read Ecclesiastes or you've read some of the Old Testament, you know Solomon made a lot of mistakes. He went down wrong paths. It caused a lot of misery in his life. He spent a lot of his time looking for happiness in all the wrong places. I mean, Solomon tried, he tried lust, women, 700 wives, 300 concubines. Holy cow. I, can't, I couldn't even imagine. Unbelievable. He married women from different nations, you know, to give it sort of as an insurance policy against invasion. I mean, my goodness. I'm no match for my own wife, let alone 700 of them and 
300 concubines. I mean, good grief. He tried luxury. He had second houses, ponds, gardens, gold, flocks and herds. He even had slaves. You know, I don't think he had to, to do a lot. Uh, construction projects, labor. He had building projects going on all over the place. He tried learning. Talked about books and books and, and all of that. And those of you who are in education uh, or working in a, or taking college classes, you know, books, books, learning, it, it, can, it can be fun, but it can be a lot of work. He even tried liquors. He said he gave his heart to no wine. I mean, he's trying everything. There's got to be something I can find that's going to make my life meaningful. So here we have an educated man who's traveled extensively. He studied tirelessly. He had the means to try it all, and apparently he did it. He tried everything he could try. Yet his conclusion of his pursuits was emptiness. If you read through Ecclesiastes, you find that at the very end, he's like, look, I've, I've, I've tried it all. Nothing brings me satisfaction. Nothing brings me joy. In the book of Ecclesiastes, look at chapter 12. And we're going to look at the very end of the book, verse 13 and 14. So he goes through this whole book, laying out all of these things, um, talking about uh, you know, all the problems that he's found, that he has to deal with. He's trying to find purpose. He's trying to find Meaning, he talked about, oh, it's vanity, vanity, all of it's vanity. I mean, what's the point of it all? Sounds like a guy in a midlife crisis, okay? So here in uh, verse 13, he says, the conclusion. So after all of the things that he, he did, the conclusion when all has been heard is, fear God and keep his commandments, because this applies to every person. For God will bring every act to judgment. Everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. So as you get to, to, the, to the end, the whole point of it, Solomon says, the wisest man that ever lived, when it all comes down to it, the main thing is you need to fear God and obey his commandments. That's the point of life. That's the meaning of life. It's not what job you do, what career you have, uh, who you marry, how many uh, this or that you have. Do you fear God? Do you keep his commandments? That's what's most important. One of my, uh, when I was a kid, this isn't a very Christian movie, but one of my favorites was this, this uh, film, Conan the Barbarian. Of course, when I was a kid, I read the comics, so I had to see Conan the Barbarian. They asked Conan, Conan, what is best in life? And Conan says, to crush your enemies, to see them scattered before you, and to hear the lamentations of the women. And everybody's like, ah, and that's the greatest thing. And I'm like, well, that's the purpose of life. Sorry, Arnold, the purpose of life is to fear God and keep his commandments. And, you know, that, that, that's the point. People like Solomon, I think, were given to us to, as an example of what to do, what not to do. I mean, through his life, 
we can identify with some of the things he went through. And I challenge you, if you've never read Ecclesiastes, read through it. Some of it can be a little uh, stuffy. But you'll find things in there like, yeah, yeah, I've, I've dealt with that. That didn't do the trick either. I still don't know what, you know. But anyways, uh, you know, I'm grateful Solomon shared this this information with us. He's giving us more than good advice. He's giving us direction for life. Uh, you know, I would have loved to have been able to st- stood up at graduation and said, all my kids at graduation, I've had most of you in class. I've invested a lot into all of you. And I hear about hard work, and I hear about your scholarship money, and all of the things that you have, and all of the things. But let me tell you what the real secret of life is. It's to fear God and obey his commandments. That's what's most important in life. It doesn't matter so much what you do, or where you go, or do you know God? Do you obey him? Because as Solomon points out, there's going to come a day when everybody is going to be judged. Everything hidden. It's funny, you know, there are sins that we have that we'll confess to to our brothers, to our sisters. And it can be uncomfortable. And then there are sins that you don't confess to anybody. But God knows. The Bible says God will bring that to judgment. Everything that's hidden, good or evil. So Solomon gives us this advice and he lays out the duty that every person should follow. We need to know God. Then you can find your purpose in life. It's not the other way around. So many people try to find, what all the purpose in life? You don't know the creator. How can you find meaning and purpose in life? God creates for us his purpose. It's not so much what you do, it's who you know. I had an incident the other night that fired me up. I was not happy. Uh, As a parent, you can, uh, you know, as a coach, I've had parents get mad at me before because I've had to make decisions, and and I've always brushed it off. Well, they'll get over it, you you know. That's just part of life. Well, it happened to me. There was a... My son had tried out for a part in the band, and he didn't get it. And I was fired up. Oh, come on, you got to be kidding me. You know, I was not happy. He wasn't happy. And so I went and sat down, and I talked to him about it, Kalen, my son. And uh, he's like, to paraphrase, he's like, Dad, you've always told us to do the right thing. I always try to do the right thing. And what does it ever get me? It gets me last place again. The kids that got that got the uh, uh, got the part I wanted, he can't even read music. I got to translate the music for him so that he can play the stuff. And so here we are trying out. He gets the gig, and I'm stuck with the with the incoming freshman. I got to teach them all the parts. They call me lead snare drummer. He's like, Dad, that's just a fancy way of saying, you know, you're stuck with all the, the kids who can't play, and you've got you to teach them how to do this. Meanwhile, you know, and, you know so, we, so let's get it all out there. Let's talk, you know. And I'm thinking, you know, it, it's not fair. Um, I've, I've had other family members 
do everything right, go to every practice, work just as hard, go to more practices, show up at all the events that, you know, the others are supposed to be at, they'd ever show up, but yet this person, they always get second, third string. It's not fair. But in my heart, I know that, you know, it is unfair, but what a lesson to learn. Because when you begin to understand that you can do everything right, do every good thing, and still get nothing, now you're on your way to becoming an adult, because that's what life really is. You're not always, it's not always going to work out for you. And I said something about, well, let's just trust God on it or pray to God about it. Or, and, uh, you know, my own way, you know, trying to apply this thing with Ecclesiastes. It's not important what position you get, what drum you play, what this, what that. You know God. You try to do good. You try to obey him. I wish he'd come to church more often, but... Who am I to preach? Years never went to church. Live a life humble before God. Turn back to Ecclesi- or excuse me, Psalm 73. Psalm 73. Now this was written by a, uh, a person called Asaph. I don't know much about Asaph, but I'm glad he wrote this psalm. Because it sounds like me and my son the other night, belly aching up in his bedroom, throwing a fit because we didn't get what we thought we deserved. Starts off, surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet came close to stumbling, almost slipped. I was envious of the arrogant as I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no pains in their death, and their body is fat. In other words, these people are spoiled rotten. They get everything. It's not fair. I try to do good. I try to do what's right, and I get nothing. And they get all the glory, and they get everything they want. And it's not fair. Maybe I ought to quit fooling around with all this doing good stuff. Maybe I should not worry about being such a good Christian or trying and working towards that. Maybe I ought to just join in with the, with the crowd and, and maybe then I'll get what I think's supposed to be mine. And then it gets down to verse 25. He sort of comes to his senses. He says, well, whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you, God, I desire nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you will perish. You have destroyed all those who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, the nearness of God is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all your works. In other words, they may have it going on now, but the day is coming when we'll all be judged. And the people who are successful in this life, who have money, riches, fame, fortune, but they don't know God, 
God will destroy them in judgment. Where's your money now? You can't buy your way out of judgment. You're not going to be able to smooth your way out of judgment. You can't beg your way out of judgment. Solomon makes it absolutely clear here at the end of Ecclesiastes that judgment is certain and it is coming. So yes, my friends, it does matter what you do. So even if you feel like you're not getting what's yours or you feel ripped off and cheated and all the sinners of the world are getting ahead of you, that's all right, let them. Because according to Solomon, judgment is coming. For God will bring every act to judgment. Everything which is hidden, whether it's good or evil. Things will be judged. Solomon learned the hard way that the only way to be exalted before God is to, to, to humble yourself. So the first thing I think Solomon would have us know, live a, a humble life before God. The next, live a life holy to God. Keep his commandments. That's what he's talking about. There, I read a story of a guy by the name of a uh, 25-year-old man named Roger Moore. Now, this isn't Roger Moore, James Bond Roger Moore. <laughs> this is a different guy who lived in Maryland. He was given a traffic ticket for not having his toddler secured in a car seat. Well, rather than buckling the kid up and, and saying, okay, I'm sorry, I, I should have had him in. He took off in a, in a huff. He resented the ticket, threw it in the glove compartment, threw his son in the back seat and drove off. Nineteen minutes later, he was involved in a traffic accident. His son lived, but Roger died. Someone translated James 1, verse 23, uh, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a maniac who died in Maryland, a guy named Roger in 1986. I mean, and basically, you know... It's foolish to be a hearer of the word and not a doer. It goes back to Solomon. What's the whole point of life? Look, fear God, know God, keep his commandments. That's, that's what life's about. It's pretty simple. Live a life honored by God. The end of verse 13 Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 says that uh, because this applies to every person. Some of your Bibles may say it's the whole duty of man. I mean, there are other phrases that, that you may read. But in other words, if we live a life humbled before God and holy before God, we'll be honored by God. I want to be honored by God, not not like I expect some great reward because I was behaving. That's not what I'm talking about. But what a beautiful thing it would be for God to say, you well done, good and faithful servant. You did it. I'm proud of you. I love you. Way to go. Yeah, you didn't get all that stuff out. That stuff's nothing compared to what the kingdom will offer. We often don't talk about judgment very much, but Solomon laid out there, you know, the destiny of every person is eventually to be judged. 
The eternity of punishment is a thought that crushes the heart. That the surety of that the, the wicked will be destroyed. I mean, it it does bum me out. I, I I think of people in my life, my some of my grandparents who they didn't know Jesus. They were wonderful people, fantastic. They never knew Jesus. The Lord is slow to anger, but when he is aroused to it, he will put forth his omnipotence to crush his enemies. A poll conducted in America showed that six out of ten Americans believe that we'll all be called before God on judgment day to answer for our sins. Six out of sixty percent of Americans believe that they will stand before God in judgment. Well, I know sixty percent of Americans don't live their life like that, I would argue. Solomon put greater odds than that. He said 100%. Every one of us is going to stand before God in judgment. It's certain. And the Bible talks about different judgments, and we don't want to, I don't want to get into all that today, but there will be a day when all of us will stand before God, before his son Jesus. And we'll have to give an account of our life and I've often thought about that, and I think about all the things that I've done, and the only thing that I've got going for me is I'm just going to say, Lord, I, I trusted Jesus, that when he said he took my sins, he meant it, because there wasn't anything I could do to be good enough, or, you know, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I, I put all of my hope and faith in him, and we celebrated that this morning with the Lord's Supper. But everything will be brought into judgment. Every work, every motivation behind the work, behind the things that we do, will be judged. I think deep down inside, all of us are aware of the fact that somewhere in the future there will be this day of judgment. There's something you can't run from it, you can't hide from it, you can't find. Uh, the loophole, W.C. Fields, some of you younger people wouldn't know who he was. The only reason I know him is because my parents or grandparents had a picture of him. We used to make fun of it. Other than that, I don't know anything about W.C. Fields, unless it was like Yes Indeedy or, or something like that. Anyway, W.C. Fields was on his deathbed flipping through the pages of the Bible, and a friend asked him, what are you, what are you doing that for? You're not a believer. What are you looking at a Bible? W.C. Field says, hey, I'm, I'm looking for loopholes. <laughs> there are no loopholes. In school, we often give uh, kids vocational tests to see what kind of job they'd be good at because we want to get them off into the right career, the right field, get them off to a good start. All of that is extremely important. I don't want to belittle that and make it seem like, well, it doesn't matter what you do. It, it does in this life. We still have to live, we have to love, we have to serve, we have to do all of this. We have to earn a wage. My favorite test that we give the kids, well, actually, we don't give it, we, we allow it to happen. The, the army comes in, the armed forces come in, and they give what's called the ASVAB test. Some of you probably have taken the ASVAB. And it's basically an aptitude test to see what careers you might be, be good at. Now, this is given by the, by the armed forces. OK, 
Okay, so Jesse comes in. She takes the uh, as. Did you take the ASVAB? You didn't take it. Joey, did you take the ASVAB? Joey took the ASVAB. Okay. So Joey gets his results back, and it usually goes something like this. Typical answers. Uh, wow, Joey, you'd be a good dog catcher. You'd be a good garbage collector. Maybe a telemarketer. You get on the phone. Or you could be a nuclear sub-commander. You know, what do you think? You know, so they, they kind of get you, want to get you in the army, into the military that way, the Navy. But people stress out over that all the time. What am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? We don't ask ourselves, why am I supposed to do things? Why am I supposed to live my life in a certain way? You know, I have to explain to my son, there's a reason that we try to do things the right way. And even though you do it the right way, you're not going to get what you think you deserve sometimes. But it's still important to do things the right way. Because in the end, we're all going to have to answer for what we did. The Bible makes it clear. There are people who seem to be getting ahead of us now. But that's not going to last. If you're an enemy of God, all of your idols, all of your towers that you build, all of the crowns you put on your head, that's all going to come tumbling down to nothing. Better to know God and keep His commandments. Solomon would tell you that, you know, if we were to ask the wisest man, you know, Solomon, what should I do? What career should I do? Should I, should I, uh, should I be a teacher? What, what do you think? Should I maybe be a banker? Maybe a farmer? Well, you know, what, what should I do? Solomon would probably say something like this. He says, look, go out and do what makes you happy. <laughs> it really doesn't matter what you do in life. But what's important is that you live a life humbly before God. Live a holy life before God. And live a life that God will honor. That's what's important. So go find a job that you like. Something you want to do. Something that brings you satisfaction. Something that puts food on the table. God doesn't put a, 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 a cancer specialist higher than the, the, the man working on the factory line. You don't get bonus points for your vocation. What God looks at is the heart. Do you fear God? Do you keep his commandments? So all of us, whether you're a graduate, whether you're a kid, getting, you're in high school, you're moving through it, if you're a middle-aged person uh, struggling with, is this all there is to life? I show up every day and I put things in boxes and ship them on down the line. Here comes another one. Is that all life is? No, life is more than that. Life is about knowing God, fearing God, and keeping His commandments. Because everybody will be judged. And everything that's hidden, whether it's good or evil, will be made known. And it's in that day that I believe as Christians we'll be very satisfied and happy knowing that our God loves us, that our God cares about us, that He made a way for us in that we lived a life of devotion to him as we tried to keep his commandments and knew and loved his son, Jesus Christ. Shall we pray?
Father in heaven, thank you for this wonderful time of the year. Graduates uh, leaving school and going out into the world for the first time. And Lord, we pray for all of those making that, that leap ahead. I pray for everyone here, Lord, that as we live our lives, as we, we go to work every day, that we understand that what you do in life doesn't define who you are. But it's who we know that, that makes us special. The fact that you love us and that you have assured us that nothing will ever be able to take us away from you. Father, we love you today. Help us to remember that as we go about our lives, that the most important thing is to fear you and to keep your commandments. It's in the name of Jesus we give thanks. Amen.